Now. Three, two, one, go! Welcome to episode 26 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I am your hidden gem of a host, Marco. And joining me is a man that gave Forza Horizon some early access of their own, if you know what I'm saying. I'm, of course, talking about my longtime friend, co-host of the show, Mr. Horizon himself, Pablo, is in the house, man. How's it going? Man, I'm good, you know. Uh, I did give a little bit of Horizon, a little bit of my early access loving. And I also played Horza Ooh. for uh, Horizon 5, so. Horza? Yeah. <laughs> you embracing it. Look at you, man. Uh, yeah, we'll talk Split. about that and, uh, and and plenty of other nasty stuff in this so episode, we, I'm sure. Have we Part just decided and relegated that our intros are just not going to make any fucking sense? Not at all. They're never going to make sense, and they're always going to be mildly uncomfortable. That's just how we. It's how we. Uh, it's how we get out of the gate. Man. Yeah. We just we get out of the gate nasty. It feels. You know it feels. It just feels right. I don't like when you say that right before you take a sip of beer it, in, in a in a weird looking like honey jar looking contraption. What are you doing? I mean this this thing right here. It just makes me feel good. Ah. Walked right into it. It just walked it right. Uh, it oh my god! Well, yeah, it's gonna be one of those episodes, uh, <laughs> listeners. So uh, <laughs> if you like us, give our podcast a sub. We're on Spotify and all your favorite streaming apps. If you're on Spotify or uh, or I'm sorry, if you're on Apple Podcasts, rather, leave us a review. Say a few nice things about us. It'll help our show grow. Also. Be sure to keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or on Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod to stay connected with your boys. Pablo, we have a uh, fantastic show uh, this time around. I think I think this time we mean it. Um, nah. We have lots of stuff to talk about with loadouts. We have some new games. We have uh, hit points. We have some pretty interesting stories that came out uh, that we're definitely going to talk about, including. Uh, a 19-minute gameplay reveal of one of the most anticipated games of next year uh, in the February onslaught to come. Uh, our Checkpoint Chat is going to be, of course, talking hidden gems. And I don't just mean myself. We're going to be talking through our personal top three hidden gems of 2021. So don't miss out on that because there's some uh, must-play games that you might not have thought to play that we're going to give you the blessing about so that you can know what to do when you hit that store. Um, and then uh, after that, we're going to wrap up the show and let you get on with your week. But Pablo, I want to kick this over to you first as we get into our loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. And, you know, we're starting off with a game that is is from a genre that obviously a lot of people, a lot of gamers would consider very niche because it's not... The uh, you know it's not it's not the over the shoulder third person action adventure game right to say the least we're talking of course about Forza Horizon Five which is uh, uh, Microsoft's next big release that has come out uh, with with insanely good reviews it's the top re uh, reviewed game of this year yep. uh, Pablo is it for good reason even if you're not necessarily a car aficionado uh, is it still that good. I mean, that, I think that's a very difficult question to answer in a way that's like overarching or it's hard to generalize it because I think we have to really make a point to say this is a racing game. 
Uh, there, there's, there's no elements of this that is going to change your mind or change your view or the way you think about racing games, even games that skew uh, more arcade like Horizon does. However, mm. I think if you're a fan of, of, of fun... <laughs> if you're a fan of visual aesthetics, if you're a fan of basically uh, playing a well-crafted video game, mm. I would highly recommend Forza Horizon 5. I mean, um, I, I think the uh, Forza Tech, which is the engine they use, continues to shock and awe. It's astounding, uh, and it's really just stunning because... We watched the E3 tr- uh, stuff, and it was it blew our minds, right? Oh, it was incredible. And, and to, for a certain part of me, I'm thinking, I'm going to start playing this game. And just like a lot of video games that look really beautiful, a few hours in, I am going to completely forget that this game looks amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that sometimes does happen. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, this does look pretty. No, I, that's happen, that's happen, that hasn't happened to me yet with Forza Horizon uh, uh, 5. It is it is continually and consistently gorgeous to look at. And that's almost part of the appeal. Like, playing this game, yeah, the racing, I'm racing through it, and I'm doing all these little races that just regular-ass, you know, fucking circuit races and even uh, cross-country. Th- those are cool, but it's just... It's specifically the cross country ones, just going from one part of the map to the other on a straight line mm-hmm. is fucking I mean, it is astonishing. And then walking into like a sandstorm or any kind of rainstorm, it really just kinda uh blows your mind in that way. Uh and also Yeah, I've seen some a lot a yeah. lot of the like the dynamic weather effects and stuff and a lot of the stuff that happens environmentally is pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and it yeah. that that just adds another layer of amazing to an already amazing looking game. Uh also, you know, with Forza Horizon four, one of my complaints was uh uh, there was a variation of activities, but early on, everything felt very samey, and I, that has to do a lot with the map of four. Uh, with Forza Horizon 5's map, uh, the variation of I can do four to five different cross cross country uh, races in a row in different areas of the map, and they're all going to be completely different because of the terrain and everything in terms of the map. It, it just it never feels or hasn't to this point felt recycled and it's it, it's that's a huge uh that's a huge kind of uh good thing for me because i i get really bored really quickly with any kind of racing game specifically if you're doing the same thing over and over and over um i remember i put a, a lot of hours into one of the foes in motorsports i think with xbox one the one that came out with that uh, close to launch because it was the only game that they kind of there was a lot of release games at that time um but honestly i, I think the hero of the game is is Mexico. The map is just absolutely beautiful. Like it, everything, it doesn't feel sectioned off either where it's like, I'm in the desert area now. Now I'm in the mm-hmm. jungle. It, there, there, There is a transitional period where you're going from the desert, then that turns a little bit more urban, then it turns a little more like there's houses and places and all of a sudden that starts to starts to grow and then all of a sudden there's more green and then all of a sudden you're in the forest. It isn't like there's a, a line there the, the, the map it, yeah it, it bleeds very you know nice. what when, when people said like biomes yeah i don't know what it is when i hear biomes but i i, I just feel like it's very sectioned off in that yeah. in that in that rigid way but that's good to know that it, it kind of transitions yeah. really nicely I mean, so it doesn't feel jarring it is know? sectioned off in that this is the area where this is the the jungle this is all that stuff but it there's a very beautiful transition and when you're playing uh, and when you're playing the the intro race, where it kind of gives you a taste of a little bit of everything, in the past games, it when you're driving through something, uh, doing that intro race, you, you're in one race and you see everything transitioning in front of you. 
Uh, in mm-hmm. this game, they don't. It's not one race. You transition from different cars that are being dropped in different areas because of uh, because they want to show you that area. So they can't do that because it would be just too long of a mission because they don't want you to trans see the whole transition going from desert to jungle. So all that good stuff. So right. Um, yeah. And I personally am not a gearhead, but I I, I still was pretty excited with. Uh, uh, to, to see the new every time a new car was added to the collection just because it's aesthetically pleasing to look at those cars and also it gives me the ability to do better in a race that requires a specific car um uh, and every class just like all these forza games it feels different it feels good in it in their own way and this one a lot more so i mean i i, I don't really usually fuck around with the tuning of the cars and any of that but this, this yeah this game does a really good job with showing you the cars that are recommended for this race and and how they how they handle in this particular area so that's for me that's very very much uh, and if i'm not mistaken i think forza horizon 4 also had like an auto sort of tune yeah they all they uh not auto tune not as uh, not, not t-pain <laughs> <laughs> but uh but some kind of auto like tuning thing yeah. based on whatever your Absolutely. your competition yeah. was which is really helpful for casuals yeah. for sure obviously all the horizon yeah. all the horizon games uh ha- had that so that's always that's kind of the different one of the main things that differentiates them from motorsport even though motorsport, if i'm not yeah. mistaken i think motorsport also had an auto kind of tuning thing if you wanted to go that route as well um mm-hmm. you know one of the things here about this game is to keep in mind as well is that this is an arcade game, uh, but it's not exactly a cruising blast. The game that just came out this year or a Hot Wheels. Yeah. It is. There is a sim. There's a sim kind of feeling to it because of the cars and they're real cars and they handle realistically. But I, they don't. Nothing else. This game out of all of them really jumps the shark a little bit as to really embracing the arcadeness of it. I mean, you're, you're, you're racing planes that you've done before, but you're literally racing like cargo planes that are dropping cars and <laughs> dropping people in motorcycles and you're chasing them. They, that's so yeah, dope. They don't, they don't give a fuck. And that's good that, that they, they did that. And just kind of to wrap it up really in, in my experience so far, it's not a perfect experience. And these, and these kind of things that I'm kind of not into are so nitpicky for me because they're not, not a lot of it has to do with with um the mechanic the game mechanics themselves one of the things is actually the um kind of the character models uh they're really bad um mm. and they are shown all the time and seeing the backdrop of this beautiful mexico Mex- mexican uh jungle and your beautifully detailed car and then you see this douchebag my guy looks like a douchebag um just standing there <laughs> Good it, all your characters that you create look like douchebags hey bro i don't know what that is but um <laughs> i don't know what that says about me but anyway um they uh it's it just it's kind of bad and the thing is it, they don't have to show these guys they just they don't really add anything to the story like the, the little cutscenes that sometimes they're actually have them interacting with each other oh that's so bad it's it just it's some of the it's so bad and it's like is this even the same game and i was like i asked myself why like you never like when you play burnout paradise you never see the guy driving like it does it does it just makes no sense for for me to to for them to have yeah. added this I think it's probably because of the car PG thing, yeah. in a sense, because they don't want you to feel like you're just a car. They want you to feel like you're an actual person. Yeah. But that might not be critical to the game being what it needs but to be, this, though. But even when I'm racing throughout 
Mexico, I'm not thinking this is my guy. Even though the radio and everything is trying to be like, oh, this guy's a superstar racer, trying to make it about me. I don't give a shit about that. It's all about the visuals. It's all about the racing. It's all. <laughs> it, it, I never at any time felt like, oh, I'm my guy. You know, every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, it's this guy that they call. Hello, Pablo, because they actually say your name and it sounds horrible. <laughs> um, and, and just just kind of rub that up as well. The writing is very rough as well. I mean, they just don't mm-hmm. do a good job with the writing in any shape, way, or form. Uh, they they try to emulate people having conversations. Hey, man, all right. It's like it's so fucking atrocious. Mm. And, and one last thing, I got a petition here for Forza Horizon Six. You don't got to make it a music festival anymore. You you this that does you you don't have it doesn't I don't like it I don't like it it's it it mm. really sucks because it's 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 so lame it, and it's like almost like a crutch where I have to go back to this thing and then I have to listen to specific music that would show up at a festival uh it 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 it, it just it's it's the least exciting part of the game like hmm. the whole vibe of it you can still keep that vibe. And do something else completely. Like I, you sure could, unless you wanted to copy Fortnite at some point and have concerts in the music festival that are live. Yeah, is that what they're you doing? Pull up. I don't know. I'm just. I, I. I. Nothing's ever been said about that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they I mean, like. You know. Honestly, how about a drive-in? How about a drive-in concert? Honestly, guys? if they did that, that would be a lot better than this because this is a music festival, and I there's no goddamn musical acts. I mean. I, <laughs> I, I have not seen Adam from Maroon 5. I haven't seen right. Coldplay. I haven't seen any of these motherfuckers. So it's, this is uh, our cue to move on from this part <laughs> of the show. <laughs> he went right to Maroon 5 first. He could have named anybody. I, I mean, that, those uh, are the corny guys that show up to music festivals now, don't they? I mean, unless you're getting, you know, unless you're getting crushed in Astro World uh, tour. Very topical. Yeah. Very topical. Oof. Uh, Yikes! So yeah, um, all right, man. <laughs> Marco hasn't played this game yet, so I think next week he'll have some of his own thoughts on. I on sure it. will. Yeah, yep. and um, I'll report back. Yep. And so the next game that I'm playing is a little game that just came out on Game Pass called Backbone, and this is just a Pablo ass game. Uh, I mean, it, it, listeners, I've played a little bit of this actually. Okay. Um, well, I I I, I kind of see I see it. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's a. What do you think? I, I will say I, I didn't get very far at all. I just think that I, you know, the 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 noir thing. As soon as I saw noir in the game's description, I'm like, Pablo's gonna end up playing this. Yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah. I think I played it before you actually. Oh did. yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, he's gonna play this. Um, I love the pixel art. The pixel art's beautiful. beautiful. Um, the animation's actually really yeah, nice too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get very deep into you know like actually doing a whole lot because I just I just kind of dabbled to see if it's gonna be one of those like junk like junk Game Pass yeah. games. And I'm like, oh, it's actually yeah. not. That junkie. So, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I it's it's like like Marco was saying, detective nor point and click type kind of adventure. And when you look at up an open critic, it's actually it's in the seventies. And a lot of yeah. the reason as to why that is is because it, it 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 every time you make a point and click adventure game, the point and click people are gonna come for your neck. Uh, the, because it isn't. It's a very casual point and click type of uh, of adventure game. There's a lot of there's not a lot of dead ends. Uh, there's a lot of the puzzles that you do within the game are very easy and they're there like it, it's it's just find it it's there find it, it, it you're not have to putting mm. away some crazy ass logic puzzle it, it's just there and there's <laughs> and there's right. it's very hard to fail a certain section so it's very easy in that way and i get it but for me you know that's that's working beautifully i like marco also saying the art style is beautiful the 
animal the animal based characters are pretty dope you know um the music is incredible uh mm-hmm. it's traditional and non-traditional kind of north uh-esque type uh stuff stuff that you would hear in the 1950s um like black and white uh, 1940s black and white music the ambiance and overall vibe of the game is really dope i it really does capture that nor uh fe- detective nor feeling like the those fucking gumshoe detective types mm-hmm. it really does capture that uh gameplay is simple like i was saying but interesting the branching conversation mechanic is also simple but works well um you know the 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 right answer is always there you know exactly what you should ask but you have other options to ask uh, other things and you discover some kind mm. of story points from that as well um you know the actual writing can feel a little generic um the whole game itself is very it's very true to what it's trying to do but the writing feels very 2021 sometimes where it doesn't it it, it doesn't really jive with the overall kind of art style that they're trying to infuse it, it, there's a lot of like <laughs> sentences written by 20 30 somethings today <laughs> okay. you know um, i get it yeah <laughs> I, I i it's only about a four uh four and a half hour experience i'm pretty deep into it so far um a concern would be uh the simplicity of the mechanic and ultimately fe- feeling too simple i haven't run into that as being an issue yet uh, I like that I can move through the story and kind of see these guys and have these conversations with people. And, and it's very tropey in that way as well. And I and I really do enjoy that in that way. So, I mean, uh, that's it's it's a surprise game for me um, in, in being in, on, on Game Pass and even surpassing my expectations after seeing the Open Critic uh, re- scores on it. So it's 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 definitely a, a game that I'm having a great time playing. And it's a welcome little... I, I like finding these little kind of games that are... They're, seemingly come out of nowhere uh i thought mm. christ tales from a couple of months ago was going to be that game which it wasn't for me uh this is the like oh the the game pass we should probably make that a category like the game pass game the surprise because <laughs> yeah, probably... there there's some of those uh that come out every year you're like fuck i would have never played that this could game be, uh, yeah. a future checkpoint chat right there maybe perhaps yeah because you know i would have never touched Do this that. game if it wasn't for uh the fact that it was on game pass so yeah. Oh, Game Pass has exposed me to a lot of stuff yeah. that I'm like, I would have never bought that, but yeah. thank God. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Those, cool, those, that, that's so that's where I'm at uh, playing in that way. Uh, finished Guardians, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Cool. All right, man. So, uh, I'm up next. Now, before I get started, my voice doesn't sound like me because uh, I've been having uh, some, some, some drip problems with my drip, my post-nasal drip. Drip, drip. Um, yeah, so just bear with me. Uh, if I if I start if I start getting uh, crackly, don't don't make no puberty jokes, man. I get sensitive. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk. Um, so I uh, on a whim, you know, uh, after hearing some like shockingly like high praise for the multiplayer of this game, I ended up getting a game I didn't think I was going to get, which is Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, I had wrote this game off a while back. Same. I mean, probably even. I would even argue before the 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 beta or whatever that was, the alpha came out. Um, I don't know if I just got so much of my Call of Duty fix with Cold War that I just didn't I didn't want to get hooked like that again or yep. something like subconsciously, or if it was because I genuinely didn't like what they were doing with Vanguard. 
Um, and I, I guess I kind of landed on it being a little bit of both in the end. I think you and I are the same in that fact that we hate when we love Call of Duty multiplayer. Yeah, because you know it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is taking, yeah. this is going to take over my life. Yep. Um, and that doesn't happen very often for me in Call of Duty, by the way. Like, Cold War was the one time in a while where I was like, I am hooked, same, right? And we same. talked about that, uh, you know, when we started the show in the beginning. Um, now, here's the thing. There was this groundswell of like, whoa, this, this is like, I don't know what they did, what kind of like magic they sprinkled on this, but it's really like night and day better than the beta in ways that make this actually incredible. So I'm like, ah, I'm either going to get Forza early with the early access, I'm going to give it up uh, to, to Microsoft, or I'm going to get this game. I decided to get this game. Uh, and I got to say, you know, I'm going to go through the pros and cons like normal. I, I'm going to start with the campaign. Uh, just to get that out of the way, it's it's typical Call of Duty uh, through and through. It's it's enjoyable, but it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Uh, it does not surprise me very much. And uh, granted, I haven't played a lot of it yet. I'm just I just kind of dabbled the first mission or two. Um, the structure seems to be more of like here's what's going on in the present, and then it, it kind of goes back to introduce you to kind of the origin story of every character that's in this uh, group that you're in. Uh, that's taking out, you know, the Nazis and stuff. So you get the backstory, origin story, mission, then you jump back to the present, I guess. You go back again, do another origin story, and so on. And it's cool from what I've seen and what I've heard, um, but it's not I have a, anything outstanding. I have a question, because Call of Duty, yeah. all the shit that Call of Duty gets, they're kind of unique in that every story that comes out is different in its structure. Last year, mm-hmm. with uh, Cold War... I mean, you had a base of operation. Uh, yeah. So none of this, yeah. none of this is in this game. Right. Wow, right. that's great. Not, not that, not well, not that I know of. Because, because no. you and think like that worked really well. Like this is going to be the thing that happens from now on. Yeah, and that's the tough part because it's it, there's always this inconsistency between all of the games because it's it's different studios doing them and and they and they all start doing them at different times. Yeah. So they don't really exactly know Word. Yeah. when the next game's going to be a hit. So Cold War wasn't a lot like Modern Warfare. You know, but it was in development while Modern Warfare was getting finished, and yeah, no yeah, one yeah. knew how good Modern Warfare was going to be. So you know, it was a little weird. So I, I, I noticed those inconsistencies, and I kind of expect them. Now, I will say to that point, I think this has got to be the last World War II game. This they, they can't because what they had to do part way, part way for for multiplayer mostly is is for um, just the, the throwing out the rule book. Uh, so to speak, with like the realistic weapons and we're going to make them all have like crazy recoil and, you know, the reloading is going to be a certain amount of time compared to modern weapons. And they just kind of obviously like the, um, you know, the, the sites that, that are in the game now that weren't even in uh, in that era, you know, so th- oh, they do totally it. They go there? abandoning. Yeah, they're, oh, that's yeah. Great. They're, they're they're totally abandoning that 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 whole thing, and, and I think that shows like you've taken World War II as far as you can go in a Call of Duty, and now it's at a point where it's it's gonna hold the game back if you're trying to strive for some balance of accuracy versus Call of Duty ishness, you, yeah. you're gonna have problems, and I think they just decided, you know what. We're just gonna stick to it from an aesthetic standpoint, but we're gonna kind of make these weapons feel like they're modern weapons, and it, and and it's a, it, it was the right call to make because they had to do something after the betas kind of um, you know 
lukewarm to, to cold response that it got. So, um, but I, I will say that this has to be it for World War II. Now, um, another positive is the graphics, the sound, presentation are all very good. Good actually. There's no. Um, I don't think it has like ray tracing in this game, if I'm not mistaken, but it, it's not, it's not a deal breaker in, in this case. It's especially, you know, for the campaign being so short anyway, it's not a huge, uh, a huge issue. Um, multiplayer is, is, uh, <laughs> man, it is as incredible as people said, bro. Like there's, first of all, it, it's packed with a ton of maps. This, I, I don't know if this is the most maps that a call of Duty's ever launched with, but it's gotta be up there. Um, I think there's around 20, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Whoa. a little bit more more than 20, which is insane. Um, what do they think? Including Halo? Some, I don't know, man, but I'm I'm, I'm grateful. It's like they it's it's like they they it's like they care. Um, yeah. They they threw in some throwbacks uh, from World at War, which I was not expecting yeah. at all. I, I played, um, you know, um, uh, you know, one of the first matches I played was was Dome, and I'm like, Dome, Dome, what is Dome? Why, why do you sound familiar, Dome? Do I like Dome? Hey, <laughs> uh, man. And I, uh, I, I googled it, and I'm like, "Holy crap! This is, uh, this is a world at, uh, world at war." You googled uh, Dome? Uh, hmm, I wonder what came up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incognito. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, but that, but the, the amount of maps is awesome. Uh, the time to kill is a lot higher in this game now, so it does feel uh, a little bit closer to the modern warfare time to kill, but not as bad. Uh, in terms of like two shots, feel like that's all it takes I, to kill somebody. I like that, man. I like I do it, too. Yeah. I I don't I don't need the I don't want like the tug of war with with a, a gunfight. Yeah. I you know give me a little bit of that so I can, I have an opportunity to get out of it. But I like higher time to kill most of the time. I think this one is a really good sweet spot. Uh, it's definitely more chaotic from what I played so far. Um, a lot of the t- like team deathmatch, for instance, the um, the player count will vary depending on the map. So sometimes it's ten v ten or six v six or something like that. So um, they definitely do kind of base it around that stuff, and they do keep it chaotic. Now the downside of that is that is that at this point the spawning is kind of off. Uh, at, at this point, it's going to need to get patched a little bit in tune because you will spawn dead in the middle of everybody else on the opposition, and you're like, come on. Come um, man. So there's a little bit of that. Um, destructibility is uh, is a part of the maps, albeit very light destructibility, but but decent. Um, stuff that kind of makes you have to think a little bit more uh, as, you're, as you're navigating through the maps. Um, and the controls are kind of a mix of Modern Warfare and Cold War, which is a nice little happy medium. Yeah. Um, couple more cons. I think the zombies mode, uh, I haven't played it yet, but I've heard that it's pretty regressive in terms of not being round based anymore. And I know that a lot of like purists of zombies are really pissed about that. So I can't speak to that personally. I'm not a big zombies guy, but I, I do feel bad for that, that audience that they're not getting what they want specifically. Um, and I, I would say going back to presentation one more time, I think while it all is very beautiful, it is that World War II kind of aesthetic. So it is very gritty and brown and dark in some cases. It's not as colorful and vibrant as Cold War was, where you have like the Miami map where it's all neon and stuff like that, or you know, just that more eclectic color palette. It doesn't do that a lot, but the maps themselves are still yeah. pretty good. So um, I think in terms of conclusion so far, I still need to really sink my teeth into it, but it is leaps and bounds better than the beta. Uh, it makes the best of a very exhausted era that they have tapped into, I think, one too many times. And the multiplayer, for all intents and purposes, bro, might be my 
it might be my favorite yet uh, if, wow. if it stays the course. Yeah. So I got to, you know, I'm, I'm eager to, to see what you think of it when you jump in. I will, um, yeah. But it's 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 a solid game. I think, you know, it's hey, it's got a rap for, you know, being kind of a I guess a stopgap Call of Duty until you know Modern Warfare Two comes yeah, out. Yeah, but, but that's just kind of what every game between Modern Warfare now is is considered because you know uh, we enjoy we love Cold War and Cold War is generally known to be according to people who like these kind of games a bad multiplayer experience, which I cannot disagree with more. But uh, yeah, same. But you know that that that's just because I honestly and this is sacrilegious and I, I apologize. I hate Modern Warfare. I hate the way it plays. I hate. Oh, I hate it. I, I don't like it. it at all. But I, again, I'm not. I, I am a reluctant Call of Duty fan. Where every time I, I, I a Call of Duty game comes out and it's good and I play it, it I'm actually mad at myself because I could be playing anything <laughs> else, and here I am playing Call of Duty again. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how I feel about like Assassin's Creed now too. But it's 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 tough. It, it's it's it, it's. It sucks when you like. It's so weird to say that, but it sucks when you. But uh, I'm excited to try it out, man. It, it, oh man, it's high praise coming from you. Man, I was geeking. I can't lie. I was geeking when I was playing, and I'm like, oh man, I hope Pablo likes this because I don't want to. I don't want to feel bad for liking this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you like it, man. We'll see. I'll, ju- we'll see. I'll jump in a little now, bit today, uh, and then uh, definitely this this whole week I'll, I'll be on it. Good to hear. All right, man. So. This is the part uh, I've been waiting for. So, oh no! Here's the thing about Pablo, guys. Now, now I've I've mentioned him on the podcast many times, but Pablo is he is that guy when he when he wants you to play a game, he ain't letting up. Mm-mm. He's gonna stay on you. He's gonna he's gonna text everybody that's right that that plays games to tell them about this stuff. That's right. I I I, I know it's what he does now. Eighty-three percent of the time, did the math. Usually doesn't work out. It's it's Starlink that, Battle for Atlas. That can't be true. Starlink. Because this year, this year, <laughs> this year alone. I I knew he's gonna do this. Go ahead, go ahead. This Get year your bars alone, off. the majority of the games that I've recommended to you, you actually end up eleven. All right. You 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 climb back from a deficit this year. Uh, now now, but the thing was, it, here's where I was at when he Before, talked about Guardians of. The, before go ahead, you go, go into that, I just want to let everybody know, Marco, Here I, I cannot, no, 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 I could, cannot, I've tried and I couldn't get as to his actual feelings about Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been saving <laughs> it for this. So honestly, I'm over here like, he's talking about Call of Duty. I'm like, yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear what I he, did it on purpose. I want I you to, I want to see what he has to say about Guardians of the Because honestly, I, I, I felt like I was taking crazy, I'm taking crazy pills and I still don't know how he feels about the game specifically, but I'm playing this game and I'm thinking, well, how the fuck are people not liking this game or, or still kind of shitting on this game to a certain extent? I, everybody that I talk to, Marco, you don't understand. Every friend that I have that plays video games, besides Justin, who actually played it, beat it, and also loves and loves it just like I do, I I, I don't understand people who play don't want they don't even and they spend money on bullshit. They don't even like now. Nah, I'm good. I'm passing on it. I'm like, why? Why the pedigree is here how, now? Now that I got that on my system, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Man, listen. All right, so let's talk. Now, when Pablo recommended Far Cry 6 and it worked out, I was like, you know what? Cool. Actually end up liking the game. But when he talked to me about Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, now, 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 hold on, now, now, boy. 
Don't don't be full of yourself now. You got what well, you got one right, but don't don't start smelling yourself now. Because I told him I'm not a comic book right. dude. I don't care if it's this studio. Listen, if Arcane Studios made Naruto, and it turned out great, I'll play it. Pablo would play it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I ain't touching that. I never right? watched an episode of Naruto, by the way. At all, yeah. I know you haven't. Yeah. But but you would do that because you're that type. You know, you believe in a studio enough to give something a fair shake. If I know I'm not into the certain license or IP that they're using, I don't really care who it is. Now, that was working against me, and you know the Far Cry Six thing. Maybe he's he thinks he's on a little wave here with this one. <sighs> but I got weak. <laughs> I got weak, and I bought it. So here's the thing, Pablo. The reason why I held this back from you up until this recording is because I I, I want you to know that Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) is one of my favorite games I've ever played. (laughs) What? Wow. That's fucking nuts. I love love that game to death. It is one of my... Now, is it one of the best games I've ever played? No. No. It is hands down one of my favorite games I've ever played. Um, let's let's go through it. Yeah. While Pablo's, I'm shocked. <laughs> while Pablo's I'm, unclinching right I'm now. I'm <laughs> really, and I'm like, damn, I didn't think about that. So, let's start with the pros. Beautiful environments, incredible facial animations. So, visually, it's 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 got the juice. Now, I will say, I, I was hoping that the performance modes resolution was a lot higher yeah, because yeah. It, I, I ended up playing it in quality mode, uh, which I got used to after a while. My eyes adjusted to it and because I, I just I didn't want to see the game look, look that blurry. Um, I was hoping for like a 1440p kind of thing with the 60 FPS, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we didn't get that and it was just too much of a gap. So I will say that was a hang up for me. But in quality mode, beautiful, awesome facial animations, presentation wise, top notch. The voice acting is incredible. Oh the storytelling God. is incredible. Um, the campaign is lengthy. Uh, 16 chapters. Uh, great moments all throughout. Um, really nice dialogue options. Uh, a little telltale spin in there, too, with kind of what people remember or, you know, the cause and effect of, of uh, taking a certain path that comes back uh, and rears its head later. Although it's the same ending that you get, you still kind of feel like you have a little bit of agency well, there's some ve- over some there's things. Some, the, the very end is the same, but there's some variations mm-hmm. leading up to the ending that actually that, that can vary. Right. Did you beat the game, by the way? I just beat it earlier before I recorded. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just cut myself on a wave and I had to just power through it. Um, the uh, As far as the combat goes, now I will say the combat does get a little messy at times. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening. Like, like, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, and, and sometimes the controls of, of kind of ordering your, your teammates can be a lot to think about while you're trying to do your thing. Um, but overall... Um, I really loved the use of the team's combat and environmental abilities. I loved how also narratively, like when you kind of get to like two thirds of the game and the team is actually starting to gel and like each other, that you don't have to keep asking them to do certain things, like create the bridge and, you know, so on and so forth. So that stuff was really dope. 
And you unlock uh, like the, very powerful abilities from them. Yeah, yeah like the ultimate kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, the huddles are f- are fire. fire. I don't know why, dude, but when you hear like that that guitar strum, ding, yeah, everybody huddles in. I'm like, let's talk. Yeah, um, guys, guys, so. guys, <laughs> <laughs> come on, Rocket, come on. That guy said um, that guy. If you look at the voice actor uh, that did uh, Peter Quill, he probably saw his. He's like, um, there's seven thousand. Come on. And, and there's like, come <laughs> on, guys! <laughs> I loved it. Uh, that, that, that was the audition. Yeah, just, yeah. Say, come on again. Come on again. <laughs> One more time. Good. Man. Um, yeah. Uh, great licensed music. I loved all the music selections in there. They could fuck um, that up so so easily. Uh, it and been, it could have been it could have been corny, you yeah. know. And it, it was it was teetering a little bit a with little like bit. the Rick Aisley, like never gonna give you up. I'm like, ah, yeah. I okay. love that part. Um, but uh, let me tell you something. When you're fighting and all of a sudden you hear Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by oh, Wham. Oh, man. Wake me man, up before like, you go-go. Why am I like motivated by you, George Michael? Um, <laughs> excellent sound design as well. Yes. Uh, I, I love how, how everything just sounds presentation-wise. You feel like you're really immersed in that. Uh, the cons, like I said, it, it's, it's a little messy combat-wise at times. I think it is very bullet-spongy, too. I had to turn up the... Um, the uh, the weapon damage to high. Yeah, so I left everything else like I, at, at normal. Towards the end, um, I just and went, it was perfect. Yeah, towards the end, I just put it on easy because I had it the same way. Just because, uh, just because yeah. I kind of wanted to power through a little bit. Because I, 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 I'm with you, man. I, love, I love this game, but I, I was really invested in the story, so I kind of wanted to get through that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was too, and I, I didn't want to keep starting over and get and like frustrate myself or anything like that. Um, sometimes the enemies are in, uninteresting. I think especially in the opening hours when you're taking on like blobs I was and very little round balls. I'm scared. I'm like, I'm like ah, I hope this right. isn't the game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it gets a little too chatty with uh, with the banter between yeah. the team. What yeah. I what I did what I started to do was I started walking more uh, throughout the level because I found when I was running through dialogue would always cut, cut short yeah. to start the next dialogue sequence and it always like felt weird and I, I didn't want to miss anything interesting you know so I started walking more and I think that actually helped out a lot I feel like that's that's the way they want you to play it but they, they don't want to make you have to play it that way because yeah. it'll slow Everything the pacing down, down. Um, and the last thing I'll say I, is I that they're the way oh, they no, kind of want you to play it is exploring everything without moving forward too much and so that's where right. all those conversation pieces come in um Exactly. Um, and it is clever sometimes, too. When you're going off the beaten path to go find, you know, something that's you know, hidden away, he's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, our yeah. fearless leaders, you know. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, last thing I was going to say so is there are there are graphical bugs. Uh, lighting is, is sometimes off. Hair and eyelashes don't aren't always connected, so that is a little weird. Uh, there was an audio bug uh, in one of the last cutscenes of the game uh, that, that I experienced Um on my side on Xbox that I was like, ah, oh, it kind of sucks. It, it didn't take me out of the moment, but it was like, oh, it was like double audio. Oh, you uh, weren't able song. to hear the last, come on! Uh, and, I, and I did, man. I'm going to miss these guys. Uh, this is, um, uh, my conclusion is this. Halo Halo Infinite better bring it. Yeah. That'll tell you where it's sitting yeah, uh, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, you, uh, I gotta, you know, I just beat it, so let me, I'll, let me bring myself back down and, and I'll be able to compare it with, you know, Resident Evil Village and Lost Judgment and, you know, other games like that. Ratchet, I, Metroid. I, I will say, I'm but, not going to say, I, mm, I'm not going to spoil anything about my list, but I will say it is above Village, Lost Judgment, and 
I mean, it, it's it's up there for me, man. I, I I one of the things that I the final stretch of the game is effective Ugh. and it solidifies and encapsulates that even though this game is uneven in some aspects, the highs are so high that the lows don't even matter. Uh, yeah, because I. I, I that I mean I Jesus I mean I I just love everything like the whole Drax going to the Fing Fang Foom and and Drax's kind of oh like behavior it was oh my, what is it? it was so good it's they're so good at that it's it's like they 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 and and, and I know I don't know if you watched the, the movie but it, it's always gonna be hard to separate those by the end of this game I was like I like these way better than the movie characters like it's not even close for me. Yeah, I only saw the first the, the only I only saw the first movie. Yeah, uh, I didn't see you know I didn't see anything else Marvel related for for a while, so I don't associate like yeah. Batista as as you know I did and, uh, and Drax and or it, anything, and I did wholeheartedly. <clears throat> and by the end of this game, I was like, "Fuck the MCU! These are so much better. Like they they are oh just so God. much better. Rocket, Way better. Rocket is the only one that's pretty consistent in the film and 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 in the, right. in the game. Um, Gamora, I like a lot better oh, here too. I think she balances out the team way way better than Mantis? I thought. Mantis, Mantis was standout. Great. That was so good. Yeah. Stop playing with me, Marvel. Why yeah. are you doing this? I mean, so I'm I am blown away. I'm truly blown away how great of a game that was. And you almost man, you almost didn't play it. Pablo was right. I'm not gonna bring up. I'm not gonna bring up Starlink Battle for Battle for Atlas anymore. That's you, all you, you can bring. Uh, thank you yourself. So You're done. I ain't bringing it up again. I mean, unless I, you mess up. I said lost. Ju- I said play lost judgment. I don't know. I said Far Cry 6. I don't know. I said Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Yeah, well, if you say the game we're going to talk about next, I don't know if I'm buying this one. But that's, Yeah, uh, but that, this is, this is that's, like, there's many, 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 many examples of why you're not going to like this. So this is... Well, we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, and we got to start. With that Elden Ring, man. So a 19-minute gameplay preview of Elden Ring was shown, which demonstrated traversal, combat, little light stealth, map use, branching paths. Pablo, I want to kick it off to you since you are the resident Souls guy of the squad. What do you like? What do you dislike? And then tell me about your hype score uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, Elden Ring got announced and they talked about it in detail uh, the last couple of years. They talked about it being an open world uh, and, and that was concerning because, you know, one of the things about uh, Dark Souls games specifically is they have little open areas, but ultimately the level design is so incredible that I, I don't want to play in an open world uh, type of Dark Souls type game because I, I don't want to lose that level design type thing. So, uh when they showed this, it's 15 minutes of gameplay, and they said they're going to show a little bit more. But I, I was, blo- I personally was blown away on the mechanics of, of it all because it's, it's in when you play a Dark Souls game, you go into a shrine, and that's kind of like your a, a base of operation, right? What they basically did is they took that and they made that into an open world map. So now you can go into these areas without having to just 
touch the stone and teleport to the to the to the world you're going to go to but instead you're actually going to traverse out there and 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 go into those areas and all that level design is all going to be in those catacombs and those tombs and those dungeons that they actually have actually kind of making this game almost like a dungeon crawler type of game in that sense i the traversal is it looks great um i i I, I'm not sure how certain things are gonna are going to play you mean out. The, the horse traversal, yeah, the horse traversal. Okay, you know, okay. I agree on that. Yeah, it looks yeah. looks great. Uh, one of the things that I I, I don't quite understand uh, yet, and I'm I'm sure that they'll explain it. Is there's a there's a part where he's uh, your 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 character is traversing through the map, and all of a sudden this huge dragon shows up it's an open world environment do i have to fight that dragon can i just leave like what what are they going to be the consequences if i don't fight is it going to keep pestering me as i'm traversing through the world like mm-hmm. these little things like that are really kind of I'm, I'm curious but i i for for whatever reason um when i saw the the trailer itself i didn't think of it as it looking good and i didn't think of it as looking bad visually graphically it, for me these games have a certain uh, aesthetic to them that when i play them uh, i just want the frame rate to be you know superb i, I want that kind of gameplay to be good the, for i I know Dark Souls 3, when it came out, looked really good for, for, for its time. But ultimately, when you go back to those games, they age out really quickly. Um, Demon Souls being the exception because of a studio that made it. And and, and, and they're known for that. Peter Grinch is the visual. Sure, but, yeah. But uh, From Software is very particular about games they make in that sense. They're not really powerhouse graphical guys like <clears throat> even games uh like um like bloodborne that is you know very stylistic but ultimately if you go back to that game today it's kind of ugly you know so the, the these games age out pretty quickly i i you know i i there were moments that, that looked really beautiful within its art style and other moments where it, the cliffs and the mountains they just very, very jaggy like it, it doesn't look like be perfect in that way but i don't know mm-hmm. I, I i am super excited for for this i know there's 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 the conversations of this isn't uh new enough and this is too much of the same thing i want dark souls 4 and i think this is what this game is i i think this is an amalgamation of all the games that they've made before him and made it here because the stealth part you can take that from Sekiro. Uh, the uh, the kind of like the fast pace of combat you could take that from Bloodborne, and then the more methodical kind of combat with the shields and the parry stuff that's from the Dark Souls games and Demon Souls games. So they have all that here. There's a lot of looks like there's weapon switching. There looks like there's also like art uh, forms that you can actually infuse into certain weapons. They're giving you they're, they're giving you basically the ability to do anything you could have done in any other game into this game. This almost looks like the perfect amalgamation of all Dark Souls, all Bloodborne, all Sekiro is into this one game. And that for me, if I can pick and choose and play like Sekiro, but be in the world like Dark Souls and see the, the bosses of Bloodborne in that way, that, that this is just going to be for me basically like a kid in a candy store in in the sense of the dark within the dark souls uh, uh world um so what's that hype level looking like man it's a five, five man out of five it's a five for me because I, mm-hmm. I i i love dark souls games period when demon souls came out i almost you know marco was kind enough to find the ps5 for me and 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 and, and all that stuff so one of my main one of my main reasons to get a PlayStation Five for it was for demon souls so i i mm-hmm. i'm all about it so i i, I would i would be lying if i said well you know it's a it's a straight up five now will this game be able to it has a lot it has a lot that has to accomplish will it be able to accomplish those things i don't know will it be if 
if one of those things are off, is it going to, is a domino effect? Is it going to destroy the game itself? Very possible. Um, because it would be a drag. If there's nothing to do in that world, then I have to continuously traverse through it to get to the area in which I want to play. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Super hype about it. I think this is going to be the perfect L- uh, Dark Souls conclusion, not conclusion, but just like the final game. Well, it's not a final game, but just like up to that point, I'm very excited for it. It is, as of right now, uh, taking Breath of the Wild 2 out of the equation, probably one of my most anticipated games of next year. Uh, uh, so we will, uh, we will, we shall see. Marco, what do you think? All right, man, are you ready to argue? No. Let's no. do it. I'm not going to debate because I think, I, I think a lot of your complaints ab- about it are from you're coming in from a different uh a, uh aspect uh not really a fan of the series so you could only judge it by what you see look at him look at him diminishing <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no 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 I'm, I'm saying but what you see and i think if you look at it just from that point of view i think you make a lot of uh, great points in that way but well 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 let's get let's get into it let's let's talk about the positives first i do agree um i think that the traversal especially the horse traversal looks really good i think they've come up with some cool workarounds to kind Kind of scale yeah. like mountains and stuff with like the the lift thing, yeah, yeah. like the um, the magic. I think looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the spirits that you can uh, call upon, I think, is pretty interesting. I think you know when you are seeing the dragon uh, fight and he's using like the magic arrows or whatever, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff is cool. Um, you know, so that that stuff, the co op, the, the co op, I'm really interested in because I don't know how much they're gonna let that kind of ride. Yeah, yeah. As as part of like the the ongoing experience, is it just to kind of get you over the hump like it usually is in other uh, Souls games, or is it something you can just kind of do the whole way yeah, through? Yeah, hard to tell um, for that. Premium. Yeah, it's very hard to tell, but it seems like they 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 devoted some time into that to talk about it. So hopefully, it's not just a hey, you can summon somebody to yeah, join your yeah. game and something like that. Um, and I also think the bosses look pretty great and uh, pretty menacing. The, the, the dude at the end with oh, the yeah. dragon for a whole arm, I'm like, yeah. bruh, is uh, pretty incredible looking and, and scary. So that, that stuff, um, I'm really impressed about. Now, here's here's the thing about this, this presentation, though. I, I found the presentation to be actually kind of weird um, with the way that it was kind of spliced together. If that makes sense. I'll tell you why. It's very bizarre. You know, but um, I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. And the reason why is because okay. every time they showed a character and they were doing something different, for example, they showed that character shooting those, uh, what look like those magic arrows. Every cut is a new class. I, yeah, I, I figured that's yeah. part of it. But but there's also some things that, that, that I think it, it caused me to be a little confused about. And one of the big concerns that I have about this game, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but... I'm really concerned about the pacing of this game. Yeah. I don't I want to see what 10 minutes of uninterrupted Elden Ring gameplay is like. Yeah. How dry is it in between battles? Is it always something to see, something to do, or is it one of those things where it stays very quiet unless you get into like an area where there's a cluster of enemies or something like that going on or going on or a dungeon, excuse me. Uh, that you can go take on. I, I'm really concerned about that because, again, this is their first stab at something like this, right? Yeah. And open world games... It's a pretty big that's, step. It's a pretty big step, and this is something that a lot of first-time open world games can sometimes get wrong. Um, so I, I like the fact that they kind of try to guide you, but they don't you know, force you to go down a yeah. certain path, which is good. But is is going your own way going to be gratifying because is there enough going on in that world 
to be interesting. Uh, I think that's a really big concern. Um, another concern that I have is the plot, and it is the kind of the setup of of that of that world because it's great to say this feels like the Dark Souls Four, right? But I also look at this from a standpoint of I wanted this game, even though I know this was going to be predominantly gameplay focused, right? I I also want this this game to prove to me why it's Elden Ring and not Dark Souls, right? What what is it about Elden Ring that is supposed to make me interested in this lore, in this universe, right? To consult with who they've consulted with to help build out this world, right? What how how do you want to get me interested in that stuff and not just yeah. the how cool the Souls gameplay is? Because I'm really interested in seeing what the world is like and what the characters are like and what the conflicts are like in that in that world. I wish more of that would get pulled up to the front I, and not just some random cutscene of some chick in a hood that looks creepy. Like we've seen that in a lot of Souls games, the creepy chick. Yeah. Like what else? Like I, I want to see what else you have going on. I would say I would love for Dark for Demon's Dark Souls and all that stuff to, to from software to step into a more of a uh, narrative path for some of their games. Um, yeah, so, I, I'm not saying it has to be story heavy. I just want it to justify why this is El- like what makes Elden Ring gonna, Elden Ring. I'm gonna go on a wild kind of ch- uh, guess here and say that ain't happening. Um, if you have uh, George R. R. Martin writing lore for you, you know basically th- those jump pads, they'll probably have an explanation that's gonna be written by by Glenn. sure. So that kind of stuff. If you have, I think that's their that's their kind of story. Uh, we have one of the best story writers of, of high fantasy ever writing the contextual story within little things that you you see. I, I don't know why else you'd bring Grimm in un- unless he's going to write out a whole uh, story itself. Um, I I can t- I I want to kind of. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think this is gonna be more of the same, a very small story. Because uh, I mean, I, I ask me the story of Dark Souls Three. I don't you know what the me. fuck it is. I don't remember. Well, it's the Ash. Know, but, but, it's the, but dude, at I'm, a not saying, point, I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying. Okay. That. Yeah, okay. I am saying that that's actually you know Dark Souls Three is my number ten game of all time. If it had a a a a a, a, a narrative arc to it, it could probably end up being one of my favorite games of all time, top two, top three. The fact that it doesn't have a, a a a a really like interesting story me being a narrative first guy hurts all the dark souls games across the board i love them all and that's the one thing i wish they did better so i agree with yeah. you yeah i agree i yeah. wish i wish that they would step into that narrative arc and like you said it doesn't have to be like gardens of the galaxy uh, but yeah. it, uh, but it has to, i want a little more and i do and and, and they and they're yeah. content not doing that which sucks yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of over the obscurity and yeah. like you know find the little breadcrumbs of a story and, and people and spice will say, well, this is what those uh, games are. I don't give a fuck. I want narrative. Give me something. That's good. not an excuse. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not an excuse this time because it's another new IP that they're creating. So prove to me why you did this. Why it's why it's not Dark Souls Four, right? Um, now, uh, little 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 thing that I don't like is the map. Actually, I don't care for the map at all. I actually, and the reason why is because when they use those markers that you can plug in, they blend right in with the map so much that you can't even see them after you lay them down. Like I watched this a couple of times, and I'm like, I would totally miss that if I were but to like scroll up. They also have these weird stuff where there's a marker and then a thing where it a waypoint. They're two different things. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I. Don't, 
I don't understand. And again, that's what concerns me about the transition to open world, because these are basics, right? You have to get those basics right. It can't be just this beautiful looking map that isn't, uh, you know, usable. Uh, or reliable in a sense, right? So that stuff is concerning, and I, I will go to the visuals, and I'll say, you know, look, for the for the people out there that say, hey, this looks just like Dark Souls aesthetically, I that's fine if you think that. I don't I don't have a opinion on that, but I will say that technically, um, I am disappointed by the visuals. I know it's kind of cross gen. Uh, I I think they did confirm that they have a quality mode. And a performance mode that, that that's going to be a part of the game, which is good. Uh, that's that's a good you know happy medium for people that would prefer you know fidelity. Um, but I do think that it just was a little too technically disappointing. Um, but I think the art style, the glowing trees, the whimsy, the magic stuff that you see, I think that stuff, not whimsy per se, but just like the arcane stuff. The high fantasy stuff. stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll kind of compensate for it. But I, I was hoping for, uh, you know, a little bit more technical bells and whistles. Because to your point, I think these games age a little rough. Uh, Bloodborne, it only came out a couple years ago. It needs love. It, it came out, it had a lot of issues with frame rate, uh, frame drops, uh, frame pacing. Uh, the resolution was low. You know, these games tend to need a facelift quicker than most. And I just don't want this to be the next example of that, where in a couple years after this game comes out, it's like, ugh, what I, you know. I don't understand the Dark Soul fans, the rabid fan base, when they when they kick back and have any kind of, like, things to say about people who wish that the games looked better or ran better. I'm like, that's a good thing. Like, I don't... To say, to say this game looks more like Dark Souls 3 is fine, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that the game has to look ugly. You know, no, yeah, no, it doesn't yeah, have so to. But it could. The, the the sad part of it is, is because of the history of the studio in terms of the visuals not always being amazing. This is probably the best looking Dark Souls game I've ever seen, and even with that being said, it's not the best game I've ever seen. Demon Souls is still a better looking game than this shit. Oh, of yeah, course, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, ultimately, I mean, my hype score is, you know, again, as somebody that is not intending to buy this game, but I know Pablo's going to be on my case about it. I wouldn't, I, I, if it's, if it's very Dark Souls, I, like, even, Demon, did you buy Demon Souls, by the way? Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't because of yeah. me. No, no, yeah. I, I, I decided to try yeah, it out, so yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I, I wanted to see how good it looked and ran. Because I don't think I, I pushed that on you either, because I know that no, was no. a very, very, very specific kind of game. But, but people consider that the easiest of all the games, which oh, I think it is. Absolutely. And I, I'm struggle sauce McGee yeah, in that I, game, so it's yeah. like I, I know can't because keep, I, I can't keep doing this. I know because I know Dark Souls, I, Dark Souls three challenged me a lot, and Demon <laughs> Souls, I only died like twice in Boston. That's not a brag. It, I, I. I was very, very challenged in Dark Souls 3. And Demon's Souls was like, oh, and it is the easiest. And there's a lot of easy ways to cheese bosses, uh, cheese bosses as well. So mm-hmm. that that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, my hype score is, I think, at a, at a, probably a 2, I'd say. Just as a non-fan that's curious to see how it shakes out, I'll give it a, a, a respectful 2 uh, with with no intentions of, of purchasing yeah. it. Uh, up until Pablo mass texts me that I should. The only way I will uh, is if everything you said you want in the game is in the game, and then I'll tell you, hey, what? An easy mode? 
Easy mode. Yeah, well, no, but not only that, they got a story, they got, you know, stuff like that, but I doubt that the shit's gonna. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Um, all right, man, so let's move on to the second news item. And uh, I, listen, my, my voice ain't all the, all the way there today, but this is. Uh, this has absolutely got to be the booty juice of the week, babe. Yeah, see that, that, was, that was horrible. Yeah, I should have I should have went based on that I booty juice of the week. I, I, I'll throw some auto tunes on that. No, all right, look at you. No, no, uh, I don't want to get sued by uh, T Pain. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we won't get sued by Blizzard because they got enough legal problems of their own. But Blizzard announces that both Overwatch Two and Diablo Four. Will not release in 2022. Well, Pablo, that's Pablo, not what they said specifically, the but verbiage, that's definitely what it is. Yeah, yeah. The verbiage yeah. was very vague, but it was also like we just don't want to have to say it directly. Either. Yeah. Um, how concerned are we about the status of both of these games and franchises, and just kind of what the ongoing mess of Activision Blizzard as a whole? What do you think? Super concerned about Overwatch 2. I'm not concerned about Blizzard or Activision because I don't give a fuck about them, so I don't ever think about them. So I got no <laughs> feelings for them at all. But uh, okay. for the sake of the conversation, yeah, I'm super concerned for Overwatch 2 because Overwatch 2 is within is created by Activision Blizzard. And it sucks because Act- Overwatch is fantastic. I fucking love Overwatch so much and I'm so, uh, so excited for Overwatch 2. And seeing this shit, it's like, man, what is this game gonna be? I, I you know, one of the things man. that I, yeah, one of the things that really makes me upset, uh, that it makes me sad, is the fact that Activision Blizzard is going through this whole kind of legal issues, and it it seemingly knows, or obviously knows that, but it, it's almost using that to kind of manipulate their IPs so that they can maybe perhaps push them back to when this all this will be behind people's heads right like oh we're not thinking about this anymore because we haven't been in the news for so long and now overwatch 2 and that conversation isn't oh overwatch 2 great game unfortunately made by these fucking assholes and i I, yeah because one of the things that's happening uh, which i find super weird is the fact that overwatch 2 can very well and probably most likely come out in 2023 but next year the new season overwatch overwatch league is going to be playing an overwatch 2 build and I was telling you kind of a tinfoil hat here is I think that game is ready to go. Um, I think they, they the rumors was that it was going to release this year. Then it got pushed back to next year. I do think that they're almost pocketing this game because they don't want to release the next, the release to Overwatch, which is massive for them, within an environment that they're, they find themselves in, which is an environment of them being pretty much some of the worst people in the world running a, a, this company and, and, and kind of obviously what we've already known that they treat their employees like fucking shit. So, uh, and, right. and among other things, right? So right. anytime, and this is just the way it is now because it, it, it is what it is. And I think it's important to always call people out on their bullshit. If Overwatch 2 were to come out today, the overwhelming media coverage would not be about the quality of Overwatch 2, but would be the what... Activision Blizzard is as a company and all the legal issues that which fair fucking fair oh yeah in my opinion yeah that's absolutely fair. so I as the as a company they look like they're doing this shit where they're uh you know unfortunately going to delay this game until not it's ready until they're out of the conversation <laughs> uh of everything so I it's very disappointing and and I'm concerned with just the state of what how Overwatch two when it launches how without Jeff and without these leaders in, in, in that um, in, in that community, how is Overwatch 2 going to 
like how is it going to stay relevant yeah because how, are they going, what love are they going to give because right now yeah. overwatch is in a the regular the original overwatch game is in a sad state right now in terms of updates and all that it's pretty much left out to dry um so i don't know i mean i i'm very concerned for overwatch 2 not as as a game because i'm sure it'll be great when it comes out but as a long-term thing you know once it does come out two years from now you know I, how what's the state of the game going to be? Are they going to support it? Are they not going to support it? Are they going to? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, as for Diablo Four, I'll go fuck about Diablo, bro. Man, don't be talking blasphemy <laughs> nah, nah, I, now. I, I, listen, I, I always, <laughs> always, oh, I, you know, one of the things the games that I've never played in terms of like a gap in my gaming history is Diablo Two. Uh, Diablo mm-hmm. Resurrection came out, didn't do enough for me to actually jump into it. So I, I, Diablo Four, I'm, ve- I'm looking at it with a very interested eye and see if it's finally the game that I'm going to jump in and try out with Marco. So but we'll see. Yeah. I didn't think that that was going to come out next year anyway. Yeah, that either. felt like it was a ways off. But Overwatch 2 was definitely a surprise for the same reasons. And, and, and I totally agree with your theory. I think I think that their goal was to get all the bad news out at the same time. Yeah. From, from, from an organizational standpoint with uh, the, you know, the, the departure of... Uh, uh, oh, man, now her name eludes me. But um, the whole the whole thing with, with Ibarra being the, the sole lead of, of uh, the company now. Mike Ibarra, yeah. Um, that... You know, along with these uh, delays out of next year, I think for stock reasons, which it dropped quite a bit from what I understand, they just wanted to get all this news out at the same time and just climb back as best as possible. So I'm not surprised about this because to your point, you got to get Overwatch 2, strategically speaking, out of the fire that's happening right now. And God forbid, that game comes out with bugs, yeah, huge, huge balancing issues. What will be minor stuff any other time will be magnified tenfold because oh, not only does Activision Blizzard trash, but now Overwatch Two sucks and it's broken. You know, you're gonna see all by, that stuff. By the way, uh, Jen O'Neill. There it is, Jen yeah. O'Neill. Yeah, I knew it was Jen, but I know last name. Yeah. But um, you know, so it, it's all the more reason to, like you said, pocket the game. Keep it for when the dust is as settled as possible yeah. with, you know, especially with the, on the Bobby Kotick side. Is he going to be able to stay in his position? Like, there's a lot of organizational stuff that's got to get sorted first uh, before they can resume activities. It's already kind of a dice roll with Call of Duty this year because of that. And, and just kind of keeping the Activision name as far removed from that title yeah. as possible. And, and Call of Duty is, is kind of like it's so it's, it's its own entity uh onto itself sure. that you know and but. it's not really gonna suffer for it too much uh, i mean vanguard is a divisive game from you know oh no another world war ii shooter standpoint sure, sure. but i don't know if it's really catching as much heat as the blizzard side of the game catalog would because of that whole situation so it, you know i i think overall um i am concerned not so much about how good the games are going to end up, but just the the waiting period and 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 um, you know what that can do to the, their, their internal teams, and if that those if more shakeups come that do put these games in in a weird jeopardy in some form or fashion. Uh, with Jeff Kaplan leaving, obviously earlier this year uh, on the Overwatch side, like that was a and, big uh, blow. And also, one of the producers so, left uh, in August as well. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so so. With stuff like that being a possibility of, of continuing, that's where I'm mostly concerned about because that does ultimately impact the games uh, in terms of their roadmap and just the, the overall quality. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully, man, 
uh, first and foremost, again, hopefully people that work at Activision Blizzard are treated well, uh, and the people that are no longer there that weren't treated well uh, get their just due uh, as deserved. And then, of course, the games, we all want the best for those, but we'll be waiting a little while, and it is what it is, and hey, I'll, I'll deal with it. Plenty of stuff coming out next year, yeah, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not losing sleep. Right. Um, so, let's move on to our third and final uh, hit point topic. Pablo, there's another Marvel game being made, and this time it is uh, Marvel Games in Skydance New Media, which is a new studio uh, led by Amy Hennig, uh, a name that's been around in the industry for quite some time, obviously mostly known for the Uncharted series. Uh, Homegirl is creating a new Marvel game that um, the original rumor was that it was Daredevil. Yeah. Um, that has kind of quite shifted a little bit. A little bit. Uh, we've heard some Fantastic Four rumors, some Ant-Man rumors, so we still don't quite know what this is yet, but uh, Pablo, how excited are you about this news, and more importantly, this is another superhero game coming out, and this time it's a new studio jumping right into one. Yeah. How does this make you feel about the the saturation level of uh, superhero games at this point with stuff like this happening now? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a saturation in the market yet. I, I think uh, when Marvel games are announced or shown, they dominate the, uh, you know, Twitters and the social medias because Marvel's such a massive IP. But when you really look at it, uh, there's Marvel's Avengers there's Gardens of the Galaxy in terms of top tier quality Marvel games and and, and Spider Man, uh, and Miles Morales. That's it. I mean, uh, of course, those are great games, or at least those are those are games that are pe- getting a lot of attention. And so what happens there is people are trying to, uh, you know, take that and run with it. And so this looks like one of those examples. Uh, we're gonna get a Wolverine game down the line as well. Uh, and on which, the DC side, there's a good amount of stuff coming too. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not too mad about that. This is a thing that exists. I am, however, okay. um, it's a new studio. I, I, I'm concerned in that I love Amy Hennig, but she can't seem to to find a project that she can finish. <laughs> um, that is true. So uh, yeah. Uh, you know, is this fool's gold? Are we going to get excited for this and it goes away? I think, you know, Amy Hennig's original vision for um, for Uncharted 4 was very interesting. I'd rather would have seen that. A very darker kind of approach uh, uh, to that. So I, I, right. I, I think the Daredevil rumor it was a lot more exciting for me because, you know, with her write, writing and the kind of stylings that she likes to write, at least from what she was trying to do with Uncharted 4, that would be a perfect fit for her. Um, but with the Fantastic Four stuff, we'll see. I mean, look, Marvel's uh, Avengers is you know sucks square enix just came out saying it's one of the most dis- it's a disappointment they, oh and, yeah. and that it's crystal dynamics fault yeah. too like come, come on, on fucking bro. assholes so but then you got gardens of the galaxy you know the gardens of the galaxy made by a good studio a, a studio with pedigree i don't know anything about skydance because i think they're about to release forespoken next year uh which is their first game um if i'm not mistaken yeah. And uh, we'll see how that is. I, I don't know. It, it's 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 one of those things where I'm not exactly over the moon excited about it, but I'm not exactly like Ugh, another Marvel game. Not like before. It used to be like those licensed games that you come out and it's like, holy shit, this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It, this now feels like okay. This is gonna be a triple A kind of game. I'm very excited when they put money into it. You get a Spider Man. You get a you get a Guardians of the Galaxy, but also you get an Avengers, and then you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's definitely wait and see. Um, not mad yeah. about it, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that I do think from a standpoint of of somebody who's not a big comic book guy, and I've said this many times uh, over the you know course of the show. Um, it does feel like it's getting to be a lot. I, I won't lie. I, I just it, there's a pipeline. I think of of a steady stream of these games that is a lot. Now, I think what makes this one a little kind of like oh man to me is is that it's coming for a you know like a relatively new studio is getting right into this, and so I think that's a little concerning about just how like how easy it is to lock in being able to make a Marvel game. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and, and it's, a, it's a proven IP, it's a proven license, it's proven, it, it's it's the easiest thing to do nowadays in the industry instead of making a new IP. There's less gamble involved in that. You don't have to play sequelitis, right? And you don't have to come up with something from the ground up. You can take something established, adapt it to whatever video game design you want. And for a lot of, you know, newer developers like this, or even, you know, um, long-standing developers, it's an to to them it could be low-hanging fruit. So I think just the that aspect of it concerns me because it yeah. makes it makes it a very like oh we we can't we can't lose if we do if we do a Marvel game, and I that's what concerns me because that's what will cause an oversaturation because it's such an easy win well, uh, with having the name Marvel on the front of a box. I agree, but I, I also think that we do see that there you can lose Marvel's Avengers. Lose, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. So eventually, the game has to be a good game. Yeah, when all is said and done, that's that's true. Yeah, I, I think ultimately for me, and, and and this goes back to the pedigree of Marvel Comics, is the thing that made Marvel iconic before it became the MCU movies, is that they knew how to write characters, relatable characters, characters that mm-hmm. weren't it weren't goofy really. I mean, they are, but like the, 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 at their core, they had real problems. Uh. Peter Parker at relatable high schooler, right? Uh, Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark had a drinking problem. Uh, like th- these things come out of the writing that were so real good in comic books, and that's what makes Guardians of the Galaxy so good is that they took not the aesthetic, just the aesthetic of a Marvel thing, but also the the heart of Marvel comics, which is the writing, and they put that right smack dab in the middle of the game, and from that came Guardians. When you look at Avengers, they didn't do that. They, they, they looked at what can I do with this IP that's going to X me amount of money. And you can see the machinations of fucking. Sure. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Of, yeah, of, of like uh, of head honchos creating this game. This game is a Frankenstein created by big corporations trying to make the most amount of money. With Guardians less so. It looks like almost they had less oversight because they were so focused on Marvel's Avengers. Uh, but I, I would love to see this game go in that way where Amy Hennig is a prolific known video game writer uh so i would want to see that because to, to 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 make this game great but if, if it just becomes another cash grab and which new studio how do you how else would you make some good money to, to stay relevant for a long time that's what get i'm cap, saying get your marvel license going but if, if uh, they can manage to do both that'd be fantastic but we'll see uh, i mean we'll see Spider-Man did it you know yeah it's true i mean and it could work out great for all we know hey yeah. Hey, if she wanted it and she thinks she's got a good vision for a game, I'm I'm down to see it. Um, I, I, but I'm not gonna let Guardians of the Galaxy being what it was for me, you know, make me open minded to everything. No, now, I, don't I think, think that there's think a lot smart, of yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of roadblocks when it comes to making a good 
uh, Marvel or DC game for that Thanks. matter. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think we're a long ways from seeing anything about this, but it is going to be something worth keeping an eye on for show. For show. Um, so with that being said, Pablo, I think it's time to get to the main event of the show. And that is the checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right. And now, so for our checkpoint chat, we decided uh, since we're getting kind of towards the end of the year here, we thought this would be a really good time to put you guys on game with some of the uh, the, the best hidden gems of 2021 uh, from your boys. So what we're going to be doing uh, in this segment uh, is we are going to be going round robin. Uh, Pablo picked three games. I picked three games myself, and we're going to go ahead and talk through for a few moments about uh, each of those games, what makes them so great uh, and worthy of your time if you happen to be in a lull uh, before uh, all the big stuff comes out for the rest of the the, the year or even into next year. So uh, that being said, Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you yep. first and, and introduce the first game and give us a little bit of why you think it is a worthy hidden gem. Yeah, and before I, I do that specifically, I kind of think I think this would be kind of a kickoff, like a, a a genesis point for us for the end of the year. So if I think our checkpoint chats going forward are going to be focused on a lot of this, you know, uh, stuff about end of the year stuff. So if you guys are excited about that kind of stuff, prepare yourself for it. We're gonna we're gonna do a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, we got uh, a lot of cool yeah. stuff coming for the yeah. uh, game of the year conversations for sure. For, for sure. sure. So uh, all right, man. I got three games here, and I'm going to start off with uh, with Disco Elysium, the final cut. Um, I, str- I I struggled with whether or not this was the hidden gem because it, gem because it won the narrative award and I think best indie game in last year's uh, video game awards. But I mean, that's that's the first time a lot of people heard about that game, and then mm. that game went away, and it didn't go, it didn't come back to the release on consoles in March, which I was very excited about. Uh, and then it finally came out, and it is. A fantastic CRPG. It already has a hill to climb because it's in the name, a computer RPG, which is basically the way it plays and point and <laughs> click and all that stuff. And and it comes out of consoles. It's not perfect to, to start with, but the the chant the, the 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 way that this game just is is absolutely like unlike anything I've ever played before. Um, you know when you uh, when you look at more of like the vision that they had. Um, the final cut feels like the game they always wanted to make in that way. Um, but when you look at the game itself, no combat, yet every choice is, has a, this dice mechanic. And there's this invigorating feeling that when you pick only 8, 9, 12, 15%, this is going to work. And you do it and the fucking shit hits green and it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff is like beating a, 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 a Dark Souls boss for me in terms of like endorphins. <laughs> it's like, it's fantastic or even when it's like 65 percent 70 and it goes red and you're like no like mm-hmm. the, the, they they take no com- they take combat out of the game completely and then they put these things into it these choices it's it just it's really good it's it's unique art style it's dirty grimy but it's it's intriguing memorable characters like ken kitsuragi kuno and the everett fat blob bad guy love that mm-hmm. fucking piece of shit well-written dialogue i mean the, very it, it, it's just it's perfect uh it's weird but but it's it's weird but it's it's not trying to be weird but it is trying to be weird because it it, it takes it's a very there's it could come across as very pretentious but if you play your character a specific way the pretentious kind of voiceovers are 
they they work for that because you're for my guy i was a uh, a hobo art critic that's kind of like my class right mm-hmm. and all this pretentious shit started coming in when it came to art but when it came to everything else my answers were like yeah what the fuck are you talking about like you, you can call out your inner voices for being pretentious when you weren't yourself pretentious um it, it just it just really is this unique experience that i you know it's hard to talk about this game and and recommend it. It's RPG. Does that have combat? No, not 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 really. No, um, no. It's like it's, it's definitely not. It's that. a hard game to really. It's a game you have to experience, uh, and it's not for everyone. No. But I I really do think that if you like stories, you like creating characters. If one of your main things in RPGs is creating your own character, I think this is one of the games that does it the best because of yes, in it's a way, one, in a way, but very different. The very different. Yeah, though. right. Because it's you're not creating your guy. You're Harry Du Bois or Du Bois. And you're creating you have, your personality, basically. Your personality, and, and, and it's and you can just really go about that, and then you can really role play because you can really yeah. be a drug addict if you want to. Just take, I mean, it just it really has this stuff, and then also it has these moments of like kind of like incredible storytelling, like some stuff that happened with with my with my lover, wife, whatever, and, and it it really just kind of blows you away, and it, the, your psyche and how that that works towards those revelations. It's it's a fantastic game. I I, I love this game to death. Um, it's ultimately. Um, with the the level of hype that I had for it, uh, it, it kind of fell a little under that uh, as a whole package. But I, I I can tell you right now, nobody's talking about this game. I think Marco's the only person that I know played it uh, from from my circle of, of play, people who play games, and it's 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 fantastic. I, I love it. And it's it's it definitely for me qualifies as one of the best hidden gems of 2021. Yeah, it's a very hard game to describe because it does so many unique things with its storytelling. Uh, it's very very narrative driven. It's almost completely narrative driven. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and and so it's it's not your everyday RPG in that sense. So you really have to be in a certain mindset to want to really immerse yourself into full-blown dialogue uh and that's inner monologues with yourself with different aspects of your personality talking to you as this detective character uh the people around you and then also kind of rekindling or rediscovering rather bits and pieces of your past all while solving a crime uh in in this uh very interesting town uh, that's jam-packed with with people yeah. and, and, and lots of things to find and uncover along the way. It is a very, very obscure game, but it is a very good game uh, that if you're a, a story guy through or girl through and through, this game is uh, is a hard one yeah. to pass up on if I were you. So I, I, I agree. Totally recommend this game uh, as, a, as a true hidden gem, in my opinion, and of yeah. course Pablo's too. Um, let me go ahead and jump in next. I'm going to jump in with my first uh, hidden gem. Uh, and it is Chivalry 2. Now, we talked about this game uh, way back, you know, on on the podcast uh, when it, around when it first came out. Um, this is a game that describes itself, I think, as online medieval warfare. Uh, and and basically, what that means is, if you're getting tired of playing online games, uh, online games, excuse me, that that are all about just guns and, and shooting things, pick up a sword, yeah, pick up yeah. a spear. You know, why not do that instead? And this this game is 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 just that. It is absolutely chaos uh, in every sense of the word. Um, it is it is every like medieval battle that you've ever heard about that has you know uh, thousands of, or, the, or the feeling of thousands of soldiers. It really does feel it's like that. It's just yeah. 
absolutely nuts. There are soldiers everywhere. It's it's very simplified in like a red versus blue kind of way. Um, very light background lore to kind of give you a teeny bit of context. But if that, yeah. at, at its heart, it is it is just a melee mayhem brawler and. At first glance, you wouldn't think it's it's that fun. When you if you go online and you YouTube this game, and you check it out, you're gonna see video clips of it, and you're gonna go, yeah, cool. I'm sure you know it's great. You know what's interesting <laughs> about this game? What is that? I recommended it. I, don't know I did. That. I did. Yeah, I was you on did? it. I was, yeah, I did. I was on it. I'm like, bro, this game is really fun. You should try it. And Do you since, see what he's doing this episode? Like, he's trying to, he's trying to unstarlink bucks. himself. Nice. <laughs> see, he is feeling himself. I know it. You let my voice is cracking. I'd be I'm telling you off right trash. now. Listen. So, listen. Bottom line. No, but um, yeah, for sure. This dude. is a great game that I discovered. Uh, <laughs> so. It, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It is one of those. It is a quintessential turn off your brain and go slash fools up and and just and just enjoy it. Right. It, you can yeah. listen to podcasts while you're playing this game. It's not one of those games that you really have to try hard with. You will want to because once you start getting into a good rhythm combat wise, you you really like okay. I'm actually I just took out seven people. I decapitated yeah, yeah. this person. I threw my sword at this person's head and I got a kill. Like it, it's it's wild like that, but it's never to the point where you're like okay, no one talk gotta focus yeah kd is on the line it's not that game it's just just, it's just a pure like brawler that is just all out fun uh it's it came out at a discount uh it's it's starting to be in in the sales rotation somewhat often now they just did a a, i think a new um i don't want to say expansion but like a a a big update to the game recently so they are supporting it and they're free and they're free updates there's one more coming yeah coming um uh you know the matchmaking is is cross-platformed as well so you're not gonna have a super hard time running out of players uh it's it's just good, man. It's I gotta fun. recommend it. Really if you're looking fun. for a multiplayer thing that's different, it's not the usual shooter. Chivalry Two got you covered, man. Yeah, it, it just has a lot of those like really like moments where you're like laughing out loud. Cause oh, it's the, hysterical it's, sometimes. It's a it's a good, it's a really 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 fun game. I I enjoyed the shit out of it. We we, yeah. we were rotating their uh, Rainbow Six Siege in this for for a bit there. So good times. Oh, it was so fun, so fun. All right, man. What's your second hidden gem? What do you got? Yeah, my second hidden gem here is uh, this was more because of how surprised of how good it, I, I I found the game to be. It was Scarlet Nexus uh, demo came out, ain't about it. We weren't. It was it was just bad. Demo. I hated yeah, it. Hated it. Then then the game, uh, you know, I I no no I got no. It was a slow time for games, and I got a little bit of a I got a little itchy. I bought the game, and look, I didn't finish it. I'll, I'll be upfront, but I I. I mean, I, if you're a, a, a JRPG fan, uh, action JRPG fan, where I, I think you would really enjoy this game. I think the combat is criminally underrated in terms of when people talk about this game. They don't talk about that combat enough. Like, as the game goes on deeper and deeper, the combat is really complex, but not in a way that is, like, like uh, not in a way that's, like, too complex. Like, you can really get into it and start really doing some really dope-ass combos. And the story is pretty interesting. Um, One of the things that hurts this game is, like, you can see the budget 
uh, a oh, lot of the times in all the game. Over it. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, exposition uh, dumps where you're just kind of two people talking and one thing. But I, I, I do like the the friend uh, mechanic. Uh, I do like the the missions that you do go on the main missions. I, I do like the story. I think the story is very you know Japanese, but I I enjoy. It. I think the different things that are happening in that. I I like the dynamic of of your of you being the son of like this highly ranked uh, diplomat and your older brother is being is the leader of these uh, these cops that may or may not be corrupt like there's some really cool dichotomies between you, one of your main characters and and their family and then how everybody perceives you uh it, it's just and it's just a fun game to really uh to play once you get into those really like extensive combat sections it's just it's just a blast um you know it, it, i think that uh if when you look at the state of 2021 in terms of video games there are a lot of games that in any other year would get lost in the shuffle this game uh, even in 2021 still manages to get lost in the shuffle a little bit but I think it's a very uh, very good game and I, I think that uh, with games like um, like Tales of Arise and, and ten, uh, uh, you know Marco not liking that game in, in, in many aspects yeah. I, I think I you know after you said that I, 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 I've seen a lot of people online just kind of looking through they kind of share a lot of your sentiments as well and you know th- there's a big portion of fans that like these action rpgs like this from japan and the fact mm-hmm. that scarlet nexus is not getting any love uh really when, when when talked about as as those games that came out this year it's a little disappointing because i think i i would have loved it i hope maybe it'll happen but i would have loved this game to be a great fucking hit because scarlet nexus 2 could probably would could probably slap hard because it, it put some money well, into this game I, itself. I mean you never know i mean the anime is is happening and if, if that yeah. goes over well maybe there's a justification to keep the ip alive yeah. who knows yeah. yeah we'll see and i think for me this is the true sense of a gem where there's so much there it's not perfect it's not it's not gonna blow you uh away specifically but there, there, there's quality in this and and i think that if this game like was very very good and we got that sequel uh, it's just so much that they could work off of. They, they did so uh, so well there with, with kind of building this world that I'd be super interested to see more of it. Yeah, my my recommendation for this game is I would if if you do play Japanese games, RPGs, or something like that this would be a good follow up game to keep yourself in that that yeah. mo- that mode. If 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 you if you're trying to play Scarlet Nexus after something else that's very uh, you know. Call of Duty esque or Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy or you know uh, anything along those lines, and you go from that to Scarlet Nexus, it's going to be a jarring jump. Uh, yeah. You know when you see some of its shortcomings, budget wise, like the freeze frame cutscenes, like you said, yeah. uh, the combat at first is a little weird and not yeah, yeah. very doesn't feel intuitive, but and the story obviously is very excuse me very anime as hell. But you know I think the reality is 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 if you're in the right mindset to appreciate the game for what it is, I think you can get a lot of mileage out of it. I think it just depends on how bearable it is to you, depending yeah. on your JRPG or, or Japanese game intake uh, throughout the year. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think really when you look at just also games in terms of uh, critical from a critical view, I, I think Scarlet Nexus rates yeah. among the top the top. 10 games or, or, or up there. I think it's at 80 or something at Open Critic. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, solid, 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 you know, yeah. solid game, yeah. All right, so, uh, we, we, you know, don't mean to turn this into a Tales of Arise bashing session here, but <laughs> if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for an alternative to Tales of Arise, if Tales of Arise did not hit for you, 
I recommend East Nine Monstrum Knox, which is a JRPG that is uh, actually very much like Tales of Arise, but in my opinion, way better and way more underappreciated uh, than it deserves to be. Here's why I think it, it's it's a it's a hidden kind of game, even though it's the ninth game in the series and it has a, a reputation, um, you know, for I, it. I don't know nothing about the series. It's, yeah. it's a game with a weird name, East, two letters. It's weird. Um, and it just feels like visually it looks so dated and it is it is visually very old and dated it does not look good uh they've even said themselves this is the last game we're going to make of east until we create a new engine or or use another engine for for our next one because we know we've taken this as far as we can take it it's it's old yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i mean it's looking like ps3 360 like kind of stuff to be totally yeah, really. sometimes sometimes yeah but if I don't you think can, it looks. I don't think it looks that bad. It, but I, well, here's the thing: if you're playing it on uh, like a PS5, yeah. uh, you're gonna have a really good time because the frame rate's gonna be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really, really important. Now, if you can get past those two caveats, I think you have a an amazing action RPG that does, like I said, everything that Tales of Arise does, but to me, ten times better. Uh, to basically give you a quick summary, you start off as uh, Adol Christian. Uh, who is the serial adventurer that stars in every uh, East game uh, that's out. And he lands in a new area, and essentially one thing leads to another, and he is shot with something that turns him into what's called a monstrum, which is essentially like an X-Men. But it's, a, it's an X-Men type of thing that you can turn on and off, basically. Uh, if you want to blend in and be like a normal civilian, you can turn off your powers, you look like a normal person. When you turn on your powers, you're, you're more stylized, your hair's different, your outfit's different, uh, and, you, and you have certain abilities that you can use not only in battle, but to actually traverse the, uh, the, the world better. Um, along the way, you meet the other cast of monstrums that are in this town that have different powers and different capabilities of their own. And as you guys work together, you uh, also synergize and share powers together. So let's say if you're traversing the town, one person has the ability to run up walls. So you can use that ability to run up a wall. And then you can obviously like use your wings and glide down after you run up the wall. So this makes traversing through the town go from being just running on foot to being able to do something really unique. And in combat, it's very very similar as well. You can utilize these t- these same types of powers too. Uh, the uh, what's interesting about this game, I think, story wise, is that while it does have a lot of anime tropes uh, and while it does rely on a lot of text based dialogue because they don't have the budget for a fully voiced dialogue, what it what it lacks there, it makes up for in taking some chances. Uh, one of the things narratively, without spoiling too much, is um, it, it creates you know different motivations about the whole monstrum thing because the people that are that have these powers are essentially trying to solve the conflict that's happening so that they don't have to be tied to this power anymore and fight forever right but there's people in the party who don't want to lose their powers and the reason why is one of them actually has a disability um in real life and when they can become a monstrum that whatever that disability is which i won't spoil is not a factor for them any longer so they don't want to lose being able to feel more normal when they become a monstrum. So it's things like that that really take an ordinary sounding story on the surface and give it more color and more interest and more intrigue, um, along with a lot of very cool mysteries they, they, they create for the game too about like the why of what's going on uh, in the background too. The combat's great, very intuitive, uh, much like Tales of Arise, um, but I think a lot better in, in, in many, many ways. 
uh, and, and it handles the basics extremely well. So if you can look past the store, uh, you know, the, the, the visuals, if you can look past some of the bearable tropes that are there uh, and, you know, the budget in terms of not having fully voiced stuff all the time, I think you have what could be argued pound for pound is one of the best RPGs of the year uh, that no one knows. So East Nine Monster Knox is one worth your time. That's what I got for number two. Nine of those fucking games, and this is the first one that I ever played, and it's honestly the first time I think I, I'm sure I've heard it before, but man, nine of these motherfucking games, and this is 2021. I'm like, oh, this is a thing, you know? So yeah, my my game, uh, my uh, last game is It Takes Two. Um, anybody and everybody who talks about this game talks about it positively, but. That's not a lot of people, really. When when you look yeah. at the the grand scheme of things, I mean, look, this is a hard. I think it's a, it's hard to sell as well. This is a co op only experience, right off the bat. That's kind of you can't experience this game unless you have somebody to play with. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're eliminating a lot of people there. So that that that's part of it as well. But I'll tell you, I I, I it takes two still game that I when I, somebody brings it up or I see it somewhere, it just it's. I remember it very, very fondly. It is one of the funnest games I played of the year. Obviously, me and Marco played this game from beginning to end together. Uh, and that we, was hilarious. We, it was a great <laughs> fucking time. I mean, the game consistently innovates in terms of its gameplay. You know, not every new area has a new kind of uh, of. Uh, gameplay experience uh right. there's there's a part uh slight spoilers there's a part where you're i'm flying i was flying the plane and marco's having a mortal Kombat street fighter type uh fight on top of the plane mm-hmm. with one of the squirrel bad guys so like it, it's shit like that and and, and it the way it uses the, the co-op uh part of it um it's so good like they they really thought this out like they it's there's there's a lot of physics based stuff and it, it they really once you think that they've taken it the furthest they can take it they 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 do it they do more they ramp it up there are some things that they do go on a little too long and and some things uh that are possibly probably just good ideas but not executed in the best way but some of that story is a little in the book of love man that story that story is is it thinks it's a lot more um <laughs> it it thinks fondly of itself as as a as a very yeah. touching story it's not be, it, i mean yeah. I, I think the 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 the, the con the content is is serious and, and 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 i'm sure it'll you know it's it's having to do with divorce and, and all that stuff that serious. but i think it, it, it it's a little too silly to really like grasp that you know feeling of loss and and, and love lost and all that stuff so it, it just felt weird and the book of love is straight up racist i mean <laughs> it's the all book the of love oh my god the character <laughs> in that game is a straight up book of love that is trying to bring together a soon-to-be-divorced husband and wife, and he is the absolute worst. He's the absolute worst. It's just absolutely a hor- horrifying in every way. Yeah. Um, I yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those games that when you look at it, uh, maybe it shouldn't work as well as it does, but it absolutely fucking hits. It is a mm. fucking blast, and that's a, kind of the running theme here with our games that. They're just fucking fun, it, and, and there's a lot to be said about that. Far Cry Six being a, a game that we talked about in the ga- in the past four, where there's something to be said about just a fun experience. And this yeah. is like, and this is that with with a friend, uh, anybody that you can that plays games, play this game. 
I mean, it, it's a, it does a lot of stuff with like I hate to say it, but homages to an homage to different kind of uh, the game uh, that the games that you may like genres that you may love, and they do a really they do a really good job with it. Um, yeah, and and it's it's great. It, it's it's a good time, and I I wholeheartedly recommend this game to anybody who likes to, has a friend that want to play a game together. This is the game to do it. Uh, it is a fucking blast. All right, man. Good stuff. So my last game of uh, my Hidden Gems list is Persona 5 Strikers. Now, this was a tough one. Um, you know, full disclosure, me and Pablo talked offline about these picks, of course. And, and, and this one was a tricky one because it's Persona 5. It's, it's a game that sold relatively well. I think 1.3 or 1.4 million yeah, uh, is, like is what you said. It's like the yeah, it's it, you know out of their out of their you know Atlas's yeah. catalog, yeah, and it charted so, like five when it came out, right? So you would think, okay, well, this isn't really hidden though, right? And, and now here's the thing: it is. It's it's I think it's both hidden and it's kind of forgotten because of when it came yep. out. So here's here's the gist. I mean, in my opinion, I think that this game is on the hidden side because of the misconception that this was just some throwaway spin-off action beat 'em up game like akin to like Hyrule Warriors, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The Dynasty Warriors M- Muso or whatever you yeah, say that, you know, right. whatever yeah. that is. Just one of those little like slasher beat 'em up mindless games. That's what I thought it was going to be. I did too. Had no idea it was a full-blown sequel. Had no idea that it had, you know, picked up right where the uh, last game left off and builds on all that stuff. I had no idea about this, and I and Persona Five is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so I think that that misconception is probably still out there because why wouldn't the sequel to Persona Five sell as well as Persona Five? For as great as this sold, why not be as well as Persona Five? Right. So I, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions that played into it that kept it from being where it could have been. I think also there's, you know, to a lesser extent, without getting too much into it, Persona 5 is only on PlayStation. You know, that's a bit of an issue. I think I would I would have hoped by now it would have been on Switch or Xbox or where else. Uh, there's still rumors about that stuff happening, but, you know, it's, it's just not out there enough despite how, how wildly popular uh, Persona 5 was. Still in all, I, I also think it came out at a time last year, or th- th- this year, I don't know why I said last year, but... Um, where it was just kind of at that forgettable phase of the year where there's not a lot going on. Oh, this came out, seems cool. And it just kind of got blown off. And and I think it's time to talk about Persona 5 Strikers again uh, to remind fans of Persona 5 that this actually is a very good game. Now, is it great? I don't know. It depends on your, your, your preferences outside of just traditional JRPG turn-based stuff because it's not that. Um, but what I will say is that it's not a traditional Musu, Muso, uh, or Hyrule Warriors type of game either. It really does utilize all of the things that make Persona 5 Persona 5 and repurposes them into this action-based formula in really, really smart ways. The characters that you love are back. The voice acting that you love is back. Um, it, they manage to keep a similar theme to what Persona 5 was like, but giving you something new at the same time. I will say it gets a little repetitive. It's very formulaic in the way that it does things. 
um, when you when you're introduced with a new person to fix uh, without getting too much into spoiler territory there. But um, if you can kind of look beyond some of that formulaic repetition, you're going to get a very long game. First of all, which is uh, uh, it's again not spinoff at all. A lot of bang for your buck there. Uh, you're going to get a good story. You're going to get pretty fun combat overall uh, that feels very gratifying and it, it's it's chaotic, but that fun kind of chaotic. And you get a sequel to, uh, you know, a pretty darn good game. So, man, I, um, again, it's sold well, but I think it just doesn't get enough love. And I think this is the time to say, yo, Persona 5 Strikers deserves some flowers. Couple. I, not a whole bouquet. <laughs> give it like two or three. Yeah. When you mentioned this game, I had honestly forgot this game existed. One. And two, uh, it, it, the the conversation around this game when it came out in February was very positive in February, and then it fell off a fucking cliff. I mean, Hitman <laughs> yeah. Hitman Three was talked about longer than than this game uh, was, and Hitman like the conversation Hitman bled into April and May even in, in some aspects. Nobody was talking about Persona uh, Five. At all, man. I didn't. I didn't play. I didn't play it myself because I never finished. Uh, uh, Persona Five Royale, and I know this is a sequel to Five, not Royale story. Right. Uh, so I, you know, it was just one of the things like it looks cool, but I'm not even going to get into it because I, a lot of the fact is it's a sequel to a game I never finished, and so I'll, I'll eventually get to it in my head. That's what I'm saying. I'll never get. I'll never play this game. But no, the fact that it is the sequel to what people are saying is one of their favorite games of all time, and nobody's talking about it is a little weird to me. Like I, 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 I'm the only one out of my my friends group that that I know of that that doesn't like not doesn't like that never finished persona 5 or mm-hmm. doesn't think as persona 5 as one of their favorite games of all time though i respect it has all my full respect yet everybody that i know marco's the only one that's actually picked up strikers well i think justin has it but i don't think he played it or whatever the case it be and i friend of the show we, yeah friend of the show. we always mention him just because he's <laughs> he's always in the, in the conversation but it's weird this is not only a, a game that falls off the map, a game that's a gem, I, I, but it's it's a weird thing of how much of how how a dis- how big of a disappearing act, how quick of a disappearing act this game did more than any of the games on the list, honestly, because it's of the, strange because of all the uh, the stuff behind it, it has a lot of pedigree uh, behind it as well. So it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it, it trust it's a whole entire sequel. It is not a half measure at all. So. If you are a fan of that game, uh, you know, or Persona at all, if you loved Five, there's no reason why you should skip this game. You just, you, you absolutely shouldn't. These are the same characters you love, even just as well, if not, if not a little bit better. Uh, don't, don't, don't do that to yourself, man. Play it, play it, uh, or I'm gonna strike you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so listen, man, my my voice is at three percent right now. I gotta charge it. Uh, so I think I, I think we are good for now. Uh, that is going to wrap up this week's show. So until next time, uh, please be sure to give our podcast a sub on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any app that you use to stream stuff and stay connected with us in between episodes on Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod and Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast. That way we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome. and We'll see y'all next time.